Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Tuesday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. And get ready because we're taking a 90-degree turn. But before we get there, want to go ahead and uh, first thank you for joining us on today's episode of The Brian Nichols Show. I am, as always, your humble host. And today we have a great guest in store for you. But first, let's go ahead and give a shout out to today's sponsor. And that is the Expat Money Show. Head over to briannicholsshow.com forward slash expat, where you can go ahead and not only uh, check out the Expat Money Summit, which is going to be taking place November 7th through November 11th. But in the meantime, make sure you go ahead and check out the Expat Money podcast. Because why? You want to protect the money you work so hard to earn from the ambulance chasing lawyers, nefarious credit and greedy, unjust governments, please go ahead and join our good buddy, Mikhail Thorpe, because he says, I help people just like you to invest internationally, secure second passports and residencies, eliminate your tax bill, and take advantage of offshore structures so you can travel the world freely and never have to worry about money again. One more time, briannicholsshow.com forward slash expat, and while you're there, make sure you sign up for the Expat Money Summit podcast, or uh, podcast, the Money Summit, there we go taking place November 7th through November 11th. It is a virtual summit, 50 speakers, uh, five days, and I promise you, if you watch for a week, it will leave you uh, lasting all the the benefits for a lifetime. So, uh, folks, with that being said, on to today's episode. We have a great uh, guest in store for you. He just wrote a brand new book, and it's taking a brand new approach to the way we deal with the federal government. Fred Eberlein, he's joining us to talk about the 90-degree turn. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Pleasure to be here. Fred, absolutely excited to have you on the program and definitely looking forward to uh, having this conversation to dig deep into uh, this 90-degree turn that you've uh, pr- presented here to the audience in your new book. But before we get there, please do us a favor. Introduce yourself to the Brian Nichols Show audience and your world into uh, where you're taking such a sharp 90-degree turn. <laughs> okay, well... Um... I'm kind of semi-retired now, or I should say I am semi-retired. It was 40 years in tech. Uh, that's where the story in the book actually starts. Uh, when I first go to grad school at American University, and, and that was in 75, a few years ago. But anyway, 40 years in tech. I live in Europe currently. Um, I'm American. I was born in New York. Uh, and I observed and sold to the federal government for, for some years, uh, both in the U.S. and Washington. I covered the Pentagon and in Europe. And, um, you know, it bothered me to see the degree of inefficiency. It's always stayed with me. As I mentioned in the book, I had somewhat of an epiphany a number of years ago after reading Startup Nation um, about, you may know that book well, it was a very well-regarded book. But anyway... I had a a kind of an epiphany at that point that led me to this concept of what I'm calling the 90 degree turn. So um, it was a great opportunity during the pandemic to focus on that, to sit down and write it out. And that's what I did. And uh, I just, I finished it (laughs) earlier this year and it'll be released on July 4 on Amazon on Kindle and uh, paperback. That, well, well, let's talk about what a great, and here, if I, as soon as I can get my actual screen to work, 
Here we go. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that, Fred. Um, so let's talk about the no actual 90-degree turn because what we're, we're discussing here is fundamentally a, a different way of funding the federal government, and you're doing so uh, almost by – and I don't want to spoil the book because, folks, please go ahead and, and make sure you get That's your okay. copy July 4th. Uh, <laughs> but uh, let, let's talk yeah. about this idea, and in, in, uh, I, I, let's talk about – I forget the, the exact terms you use, but it's almost like a heat index of what – the, the average sentiment on on the specific issues that your average right. person is facing. You use Amazon as the example. If Amazon can do this well, and yeah. figure out what their customers want, right. why can't our government? Yeah, well, let's face it. The founding fathers did, a br- did brilliant work, but they didn't have the insights and the tools available to them that we have today. Mm-hmm. Thomas Jefferson made this point not long after the Constitution was signed, that it wasn't really addressing the future. So we have the tools today. And the idea here is simply, it's very fundamental. It's like, let every American directly report their needs. And we aggregate those needs. Whether that need is related to clean drinking water or education or, you know, uh, trash collection or any number of things. It could even be a broader national issue like defense, if you will. Uh, but they can articulate that in the needs monitor. And that's measured, it's tracked, it's aggregated, and then it's packaged and sent to the federal government for them to bid on. And the reason we do that is to identify the because we have a massive bureaucracy in Washington. You know, if you add in contractors, over 10 million people. And we, we have to bear in mind here, Brian, that uh, we spend about $7 trillion a year out of Washington. That's 31% of the GDP. So calls for just summar- you know, for summarily uh, cutting out certain agencies and departments, I think, uh, are, can be very destructive. So this approach is a filtering. It's what I call bottom-up separation, where we define the needs, aggregate the needs, are defined by every citizen. You don't have to participate. Uh, it's apolitical. We look at issues. You want clean water? Fine. You know, what's the problem today? Do you have any solutions in mind? What have you? People write that down, and it gets aggregated. And then <clears throat> the government, Washington, bids on that, uh, so to speak, and then we can identify what areas of the federal government have the resources that people want. So it has this, the second key benefit to the needs monitor is this what I call bottom-up separation, where we actually filter out the resources, the assets of the federal government, and align them with local needs. So it won't be perfect. Uh, it's a philosophy. Have, the site hasn't been developed yet, but it's an outlook for aligning we do that in business, right? Always want to align with your with your market and your clients. So here it's the federal government, really the you know the massive bureaucracy they have there, and a lot of good resources, a lot of redundant resources, a lot of inefficiencies. But we begin to filter it out and find out what people really need, and making that association between local needs and federal resources, and then remanaging or repurposing the rest the stuff that's not needed. <clears throat> so that's just one idea in the book. Um, not perfect. It's a, it's an outlook. It's, it's a framework. Right. Uh, but I'm a big believer in iterating. You take an idea like this and you start working at it and you iterate. But one thing is clear today, and that is we have a big 
problem in Washington. The spending there is totally out of control. It's totally out of control. Uh, I did an analysis, and I think it's probably conservative at this stage, but imagine for every dollar spent by the federal government, we get less than half a penny <laughs> of value. Okay? That, that was just, by the way, one metric in that calculation or one example, I guess, case study would be the um, healthcare.gov. I mean, here's a website that costs at the time it launched with bugs over $600 million. And as someone in tech who built websites, 10 million would have been more than enough for that service. To date, the taxpayer has probably paid close to $2 billion for that website. It has to be the most expensive in the universe. But we d we've done that. Um, and, and I saw that in Washington. You know, there's not a lot of consideration about getting, you know, a good return on investment. It's all about spending the money and particularly on political matters like the Affordable Health Care Act, which, you know, it's, it's fine. I'm not criticizing that, but it's the mechanisms, the way government goes about doing these things that are hugely inefficient. I call it the value gap in the book. And if you just, I, I say the value gap is around 99.5%. Now, if you look at, uh, by comparison, if you were to look at, and I mentioned this in the book, referring to a study on an average Ford car, I think it was going back to 2018, and, you know, it cost Ford about $20,000 to build the car that they sold you for $22,000. So you're, you know, getting pretty good value, I think. You're getting, you're getting $20,000 of value on a, $22,000 purchase. Now, of course, the prices have gone up a lot since 2018, but be that as it may, the, you know, the argument holds. And here we have a value gap. If you do the math of 9.1%, that's the profit that Ford gets. But you look at the government, 99.5% is a value gap. That's what it costs us to get a half a penny of value. And you know, so the thing in my view, <clears throat> and I think I outlined in the book, um, it's not really the deficit. I mean, the deficit is a concern for sure. But the bigger problem is the inefficiencies and reckless behavior uh, and policies that result from just carefree spending. Uh, Iraq is an example of that. I mentioned misguided war. And um, that's what happens, I think, when you have too much to spend. <laughs> you know, you're anxious. Yeah. To say the, I was to say the least, um, we see this especially over the past, what, two years where the federal government and the Fed have all of a sudden uh, just ramped up the spending and the uh, the printing of money to meet that spending. Uh, right. What, like exponentially? I think we just saw the most money printed over the right. past few years that we've seen in like decades, if you were to combine it. Yeah. So the fact that we're at that point right now as a nation, people are waking up to it. And not only to see that, yeah, it is an issue, but now they're feeling it, right? They go to the grocery store. They realize that they're not getting as much in the grocery store uh, cart as they used to. But they also go to the gas station right. and all of a sudden... They're seeing the $5 plus for a gallon of gas on the, on the, the big ticker, right. and it, it scares them. So 
let's right. give them a real tangible solution. And I think that's what you're trying to present here. And let's, and if you would, Fred, give us the outline. How does this go from being great idea in your book to actually putting this into action? Well, a lot more is needed um, <laughs> because right now it's just a blueprint, Brian. It's just an idea. It's a, a, it's a theory. And some don't even like me calling it a theory. So I, <laughs> you can call it a concept or an outline. But um, I don't think it's that difficult. I mean, going forward, it wouldn't be, I don't think, so difficult having been in tech and having a secure open source web platform that that's what I've said in so many words, collects the needs in a sophisticated way, right? Um, and an apolitical way. There's no field for party affiliation. That's what kills us, by the way, I think, as Americans. We cannot have a dialogue about anything substantive uh, because it always starts with a D or a P or something next to your name that, you know, is an instant label <laughs> that kills that. I want to go back, as I mentioned in the book, to, what was it, Isaac and... Uh, you know, come now, let us reason together. Yep. Say at the Lord, let us do that as, you know, American citizens. Okay, I have a water issue. You have a water issue. You know, what do you think the solution is or whatever? That's a dialogue. And that can result in productive things. You see that in business all the time and normal interactions. What's what you have to do in government uh, because parties just killing us. Well, um, yeah, pa parties so, are killing us and they they continue they continue the, the the conflict because once the conflict goes away, yeah. then they go away. So <laughs> to yeah. your, your point, you're going to, I would say one of the biggest hurdles you're going to face is those two parties to begin with, because they're not going to want to actually oh, see yeah. the problem solved. No, this is a direct threat to anybody in Congress. In my view, I mean, there are, I said a lot about inefficiency and I'm making many examples of that in the book and bureaucracy, but I don't blame the civil service as much as I blame members of Congress. Okay, they're for their campaigns, taking donations, uh, huge amounts of money. And we know how that works. You know, you take that and you pay back the people that got you in office. Uh, I give reference in the book to a study done, uh, I think it was in 73, by David Mayhew at Yale, where he recognized a diminishing number of, of diminishing turnover in Congress. And uh, that's only gotten worse. We don't have competition there. Uh, if I'm a big pharma, I'm going to bet first on the winning horse, not on the up and coming prospect. And so money tends to go to the people in power. And those people looking at the bottom line, I would say almost all of them are, you know, doing a terrible job. I mean, when you have strategic objective from the treasury saying you know back in 2013 about the uh payments for uh, uh insurance uh work i guess it's what it's unemployment insurance excuse me they're, they're they're reporting to congress that for 14 of the last 17 years over 10 percent of that money has been lost mostly to fraud and for Congress to do nothing about that, to me, is just, you're finished, guys. You know? And, of course, we see it today. How much of the CARES money and the like has fallen, uh, you know, in that same category, has gone to fraudsters, 
many of them outside America, by the way. It's not a, even our frosters. It's probably more like Russian and, and you know, frosters. So to see that happening, I mean, it'd be like being on a ship, Brian, and they say, oh, uh, everyone knows about the leak, but the captain won't, won't admit it, you know, as the ship is like. So we have a similar thing in Congress. And I just, I just you know, it's an unacceptable in my view. And it's, um, you know, the, the arguments are there and the data. Yeah. Well, so, let, um, well, let's talk about really quick. But they, my, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was, I was more so going to ask because I, I, I think this is sounds like a good next step for like a logical conclusion for how we can take from where we are to where we can go. Like what, what's the, the next right. possible future, right? And one of the things that I think we, we see especially right now in the era of COVID, I think COVID really helped people reframe the way they approach issues, is that you want to have more of a, a autonomous locality, a state, uh, lo, you know, your locality, your, your township, your village, your city, wherever it may right. be, because then you're not impacted by the very top of the food chain every single election by every single policy. Sure. And if you yeah. change the mechanism by which you're funding those policies, inevitably it should change the policies themselves. So let's talk about right. the means to actually get, you know, I, I know we talked about the uh, the, the heat map, if mm -hmm. you will, the, the, the means of figuring out what the average person wants, but how do we actually get it right. to moving to a means where you're actually having dollars follow these these pain points from the, the state and localities, but also leveraging the, the federal government. And you mentioned the the areas that it does have, the, the budget, the areas that it can help where states haven't had the chance to maybe pick up the uh, the pieces budgetarily speaking so talk to us and outline how that would look yeah well um please interrupt if i'm not answering your question because um can be a bit tricky but fundamentally the way i see this again is at a local level we're organizing um requirements based on needs from everyday citizens and then those are packaged into requests for proposals that go to washington so it's not washington which is typically the case, producing it and sending out for bid. It's the other way around. And mm -hmm. the reason for that, again, is for filtering this bottom-up right. separation, for filtering out what's needed and what's not. Uh, you'll find when you do that, I'll be willing to bet a lot of redundancy. In my days in Washington, I saw a great deal of redundancy, yep. okay. uh, even with contractors doing the same work as their <laughs> shadow you know, and this wasn't the kind of redundancy that you really need. Sometimes you do need it with particularly secure matters, you know, uh, and managing nuclear spent fuel and things like this. But no, this was just for the sake of spending money. That's what Washington's about. And the problem is that our politicians and the, the real ep epicenter of the whole problem is, at least in my view, and as I describe in the book, fundraising centric politics. That's what kills it all. And that, in my view, the complexity and the size and the unwieldiness and the bulk of government are all camouflage. They're layering of sorts, and we would use that term in money laundering, but they're camouflage to Congress. You know, I'm, it's much easier for me to strike a deal with DOD on a contract for Grumman or whomever, you know, uh, in today's environment. Nobody needs to know about that. It's, you know, slid in on some bill somewhere. And now, you know, I've just paid my debt back 
for getting reelected and so on and so forth. So, I mean, when we see two thirds of Congress, two thirds taking donations from pharma, that was the last election, two thirds. This is not a Republican Democrats, you know, almost everybody. I mean, that's a, that's a super yeah. majority, I think, isn't it? Uh, 2.6 billion, I think, invested by banks. So, you know, this is the problem. And I understand it's a human problem. It's not Democrat, Republican, it's human problem. Money is a huge bias or creates one. I like money. You like money. You know, you pay people and you condition them. So I think what has to happen here, Brian, I'm not really answering your question, but I think what has to happen here is we do need to have, we still have a, a Congress. We still have elected officials. We need them to go like, I don't know, maybe some future movements went and say, no, we're not going to do this like this any longer. We're going to become facilitators. So the idea with Congress is that they facilitate those local needs. They're part of it. They know that, oh, I'm Flint, Flint Michigan. We got a lead problem. I'm going to work with my constituencies and Washington to find the best resources for them, right, directly. The other thing got, Congress should do is simplify law. You know, the Library of Congress doesn't even know how many laws we have. <laughs> okay, That's terrifying. <laughs> it is. It's true. Um, so this is part of the age. You know, I say the age, complexity, size, and politics, fundraising centric politics is what kills all of those things. Uh, collectively, they kill things, but the politics is the worst part of it. So um, same with tax code. 14%, Brian, of what we collect is for tax preparation. That's ridiculous. That's $1,100 per, per uh, tax return per American per year. $1,100. Here in Europe, I mentioned I, went, I was in Europe earlier, we, they have a ready return that costs pennies for the tax payer. It's prepared for them by the governments, usually one or two pages. You accept, you go on, or you dispute. Uh, so, and, and this problem, the complexity of tax code has been reported to Congress over and over again. They have hearings, they have meetings. It's just a charade. They're not doing a damn thing about it. And that's a huge cost to people. So in the book, I'm suggesting Congress, we still have a Congress, you, you've proven yourself completely incapable of managing money effectively. So we're going to take that away uh, because you're to a point of really you are being dangerous. So, you know, the states, some of them are not more efficient, frankly, than the federal government, but they're smaller and the damage is localized, not national. So, uh, and by the way, the alignment is about aligning with everybody. So if I'm from New York, I want to know, what people are saying. I should be on top of those metrics and understanding what the issues are and who in Washington is addressing that. So it's, you know, it's a much clearer connection <clears throat> between needs and, and resources. And that at the end of the day, Brian brings value. And that's what I believe we ultimately need to do is return value to government. I don't expect the same level of value that I would get in private industry, but Maybe half as much value. <laughs> Please, something. 
better. That's all we're asking is a step in the yeah. right direction, right? Yeah. Uh, well, folks, right. obviously this is a, a great chance for us to, to re-examine um, the, the problems we see as it pertains to, yes, the Leviathan that is the federal government and the the, the funding mechanisms that we have in place. Uh, the 90-degree turn, it definitely will be and, and could be it would uh, a great chance to uh, re-examine things. So if you want to go ahead and pick up your copy, July 4th, Independence Day is where folks can go ahead or when folks can go ahead and grab it. Fred, where can they where can folks go ahead and grab it? It's on Amazon. Amazon. Just go to Amazon. The 90 degree turn. We'll have it in Kindle and paperback. Perfect. Kindle so, and paperback. Um, okay. Yeah. I leave my email at the end because I really like to hear from people and to the, you know, best extent possible, build on this. It would be cool to your question, Brian, to actually go forward and prototype. Yeah. Something like the needs monitor. So maybe maybe we can do something on that. Absolutely. But, and what, what was the best way to, to contact? You said you had an email there. Where can folks reach out? Well, uh, yeah, they can, they can reach me. At the, the name we see here is jbfred.eberline at gmail.com, jbfred.eberline. And I put that in the book. And I don't have a website yet, uh, but, you know, if it makes sense, we'll certainly build one and do course and, and iterate through this process. You know, it's not perfect, but I think anything that can help streamline Washington will get us on a better course. And see, by the way, when you streamline in this way and you take the money out of Congress, it just puts a huge hole in fundraising-centric politics. So all of a sudden, bankers and farmers and the like don't have the clear path they have today between money and rewards. So we we disrupt that system. Yeah. It's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. Maybe there comes a time... 50 years where we have to go back to more of a central government. But we're, you know, we're 50 states and we can be lean and decentralized. And that's what I'm advocating. So, well, there you go, folks. There's your call to action. Head to a uh, uh where you can find today's episode. Plus, you will find all the links uh, mentioned here in the episode. By the way, if uh, folks, you'd like the shirt I'm wearing, it's hard to see. I know here. I'll, I'm going to make my screen big one time here. It's uh, our Stop Trusting yes. Government Bureaucrats. I thought it was a uh, topical for today's episode. Uh, folks, you can head over to briannicholshow.com forward slash shop and you can pick up your copy. I'll share right here on the screen for our YouTube watcher. Yes, you can go ahead and check out our shirts here over at Proud Libertarian. You can find this plus we have a bunch of other uh, great, great swag over there for folks. But make sure you use code TBNS at checkout and uh, you'll get, uh, I think it's 5% off, 15%. I forget. Go ahead and use the code and you'll find out it's a surprise. How about that? Uh, but with that being said, uh, Fred, any final thoughts here for the audience today? Uh, buy the book. Read it. Give me your feedback. Tell me what you like. Tell me what stinks or sucks. Or can I say that on there? Of course you can. Uh, but I am a bit. I am a believer in dialogue. And uh, in the beginning of the book, I give a mention of my father, and he was. Uh, he's no longer with us, but he was the one who taught me, which has proven, you know, to be a great thing in business and life. How to how to have a conversation. Oh, man. So yep. I want let's get America back to having a conversation about our local needs. Boy, we'd be so much better off if we can get away from all this crap that has caused so much division and hate. 
Amen. I want love, love and value. <laughs> Let's get there. Yeah. The anyway. more, the more we can get things focused on the issues that truly matter. And that is the issues that are impacting us in our surrounding environment every single day. I use the example back with the, the peak of the pandemic. I was pretty darn upset when I would look outside and see when I was in Philadelphia, PA, that my garbage wasn't picked up for six weeks in a row. And as I watched the piles of garbage just grow and grow and grow, and that was due to my city government, not due to the federal government. And you see this, that's just one silly example of me being, you know, peeved off because of a dirty garbage outside. But, uh, no, this is, this is, it's justified. It is exactly. Well, yeah. And, and it's in so many different other areas too, Fred. And I think that's where folks are definitely waking up. So folks, if you have enjoyed today's episode, I'm going to ask you to do me two things. Number one, please Go ahead and give the book a, 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 a the copy of the book a purchase over at Amazon. It's available July fourth. Link in the show notes. And then number two, if you enjoyed today's episode, please go ahead and give it a share. And when you do, please go ahead and give yours truly a tag as well at B Nichols Liberty. And uh, folks, with that being said, that's all we have for you today. By the way, did you check out yesterday's episode? If not, well, please make sure you uh, you head over there. I'm going to include it right here below because I'm going to show you how you can get paid in crypto. That's right. If you have an employer, you can get them to pay you directly in crypto. Want to find out our good friend Paul Bradley from GetHedge.io joined us uh, to discuss that. So again, I'll include that video right here below. And otherwise, if you're here on the audio version of the program, surprise, we have a YouTube. Uh, make sure you head over to BrianNicholsShow.com where you can find today's episode and you can also find the YouTube uh, version of the program. Give it a subscribe and make sure you do that. Hit that little notification bell so you're not missing a single time we go live. But with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Fred Eberlein, the 90 degree turn. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at BrianNicholsShow.com. Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation? And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to the Brian Nichols Show at BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. Faced with an uncertain future, many business owners and technology professionals don't have the time needed to invest in their business technology strategies. And as a result, they're afraid of their technology getting outdated and putting their company and customers' information at risk. The digital future is already here, but with all different choices in the marketplace, it's difficult to know which one will be the best fit for you and your strategic vision. Imagine having the peace of mind that your business is backed by the right technology investments that are tailored for your specific need. Hi, I'm Brian Nichols, and I've helped countless business owners and technology 
technology professionals just like you, helping you make informed decisions about what technologies are best to invest in for your business. Voice, bandwidth, cybersecurity, business continuity, juggling all the aspects of business technology is messy. Let me help. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash help and sign up for a free one-on-one -on -one consultation with yours truly to dig deep into where you see your company heading and how we can align your business technology towards those goals. Again, that's briannicholshow.com forward slash help to get your simplified business technology started today.